0: Coming to you from the heart of Brussels, this is Sparkplug, a podcast bringing you the stories of the go-getters driving the entrepreneurial spirit that's been transforming the city these past years. I'm your host, Marguerite, and today we're talking to Valentine, wedding dress designer and founder of her label, Valentine Avou. In the words of Vera Wang, a wedding gown represents far more than just a dress, it is also the embodiment of a dream. For Valentine, each dress is the symbol of her dream come true, working in fashion.
1: I am Valentin I am um, Belgian, but from Ivory Coast. I was born in Belgium. I am 38 years old. I design wedding dresses with uh, inspiration from uh, vintage, glamour, very feminine dresses.
0: Now let's take a trip down the aisle, I mean, down memory lane. Your passion for fashion started at a very young age.
1: Yes, I always loved to make clothes, not making clothes, but like to assemble clothes, uh, use uh, plastic bags to do some mini outfit. Uh, There I was really young, I was just making like uh, cutting plastic bags from the Deleuze uh, cutting the bottom to make a top. I was putting my arms into the, the handles. Then I was opening in front to make a jacket and then I was like putting different layers of different type of plastic bags to make little outfit. and then I was doing a fashion show for my parents or for some family members. I'm sure they were very excited about it.
0: Would you say your personality is reflected in your dresses?
1: I think that my dresses are playful, quite simple and uh, minimalistic. But at the same time, they have some interesting details, and that's really close to... Uh, I, don't, I would not say it's close to my personality, but it's the kind of things that I like. Because, yeah, I would not describe myself as a minimalist, for example. I like transparency, I like textures, and I really select the fabrics according to the way I feel when I touch them, when I see them. My dress reflect really my aesthetic and what I like, but I don't know if they represent who I am. Each dress that I make is a type of dress that I would wear if I was getting married.
0: And do you incorporate your Ivory Coast roots in your designs
1: as well? Not really. I've done dresses uh, with African fabric for some brides and I'm happy to do for that, but I don't incorporate some details of Ivory Coast into the fabric, I mean into the designs. Uh, I think I am a mix of different inspiration, but it doesn't especially need to be seen as what people will identify as from uh, Africa.
0: So you turned your childhood dream into reality when you studied at the Fashion College of London. What made you decide to go there?
1: I wanted to move away from Brussels. I wanted to learn English and then I researched different schools in London. And uh, I tried to enter in Central Saint Martins, but I failed the test. And so I did the test in London College of Fashion and I passed.
0: How did you react when you failed the entrance exam?
1: Uh, I'm sure I cried at some point. I was really disappointed because you you prepare a big portfolio, you go through a panel, they ask you questions, so you have all your hopes in. And also I came to London for that reason. So I was really sad because I thought, OK, what I'm going to do now? But at least London College of Fashion was my plan B. I mean, even if I was sad, I said, OK, there's still another chance.
0: And you were right. How was it there?
1: It was great. I think it was really nice. Everybody was creative. So it was nice to be surrounded by people that are like yourself. Because uh, before studying fashion design, I started one year uh, Science Commercial, which is like a business school in Brussels. And I really felt like I was not in my place. And so when I was in London College of Fashion, I felt like uh, all those people were like me. Uh, we all had the same kind of passion. The, the class was interesting because they teach you the basics of everything, but you need to do a lot of research by yourself, which I love to do. Like you could spend hours in the bibliotheque to research uh, the history of fashion and how to make, I don't know, a a suit or these different kind of things. And so I really loved it.
0: You also interned for fashion designers like Alexander McQueen, who really needs no introduction. How was it interning there?
1: I did an internship and it was really amazing. At that time, they were looking for for interns a lot and it was... Uh, it was hard to get in, but not as hard as today because today they must have like uh, three times more applications. So when you get in, it's really amazing, and you're super happy that because it's still an inst- it was an institution at the time, it was super creative and you, you could see a lot of things. I mean, they had their own bibliothèque in the studio, so you had books from different type of subjects, architecture, fashion, uh, hat-making, birds, whatever. And uh, and then the, the team was very nice, and I got really close to uh, the, La Première d'Atelier, so it's the, the main seamstress. And so she was really like a second mom to me, because in London, I was without my parents, and we got really close, and so even outside of the work experience, And so yeah, it was really a nice moment. What kind of work were you doing during the internship? I did a lot of things. I did the basic, which was uh, making coffee, or actually was getting coffee from Starbucks and uh, doing photocopies, but as well, I worked on samples because Alexander McQueen was, and is still famous, I think for transforming fabric and like really recreating his own materials. So I did a lot of, of experimentation, I worked on uh, prototypes, I did a lot of colour um, research, so I dyed a lot of fabric trying to find uh, the perfect red or the perfect uh, blue or these kind of things. And then I worked on the, the toiles. It was intense because you, you were working always until late in the evening. But it was really interesting and I think that if you do an internship, but you ask the right question to the right person, you can learn even more than what they ask you to do. So it was really a good experience and very, uh, very inspiring. You also worked for Samantha Shaw, a royal wedding dress designer. How did that go? Uh, In Samantha Shaw, I worked for her, working with the atelier and working at the design and uh, as well meeting clients. That was interesting because um, it was the first time I was in a place where you go you were in direct contact with the clients and also she was making custom dress made to measure. and that's where I learned I mean this part of the business, which I use still every day uh, in my job. So um, it was very interesting. And the same, I, I got close to uh, some of the premières d'atelier, so they show me techniques, uh, they teach me a lot of things. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And it was nice to see those women that needed a dress for a party or for a gala and then uh, to see the the process from the the start to the the end.
0: So when did you realize you wanted to open your own atelier?
1: Um, I think I wanted to do that since uh, even when I was a kid. But then I went into a Science Commerciale because I thought okay I will do something a bit more serious and I thought maybe with that study I can later open my own shop and then I said after a few months in that class I realized that I better I prefer to do the artistic part too if I wanted to open my own shop. But I always wanted to be at some point my own boss, I think. I always knew I wanted to work in haute couture and what I do now is not proper haute couture but it's very close to it so yeah the this part was something that i always wanted to do
0: did you learn everything about finance and running a business at university
1: no at school no i did one year of marketing communication after my studies in uh, fashion design Uh, there i i learned more about press marketing uh, advertising and this kind of things but uh, for finance is something that you learn uh, as you go and you still learn today and then uh, you need to get uh, a good accountant because you cannot just be doing uh, uh, you need to know what's going on in your business how much you're earning uh, cost and stuff but you don't need to be learning completely a new skill because you will never be as good as an accountant yeah it teaches you the base to promote yourself how to write a press release a lot of things that still were useful for me today for example i don't have a press agency so I always wrote my own press release since the beginning. Uh, I do my own website, I, I do my own press packs. Yeah, these are things that I learned when I was at school. Then obviously you update it with the skills that you can learn today on the internet, but yeah, it was useful.
0: After her studies in London, Valentine came back to Brussels to be with her mother who was sick at the time. While on a trip to New York, she met her now boyfriend who was living in Milan. They did some long distance, but eventually she moved to Milan where they lived for a couple of years before deciding to settle down in Brussels. You were living in the fashion capital. What made you decide to come back to Brussels?
1: Yeah, it's a fashion capital. I learned Italian when I was there, but it's quite hard to find a job if you don't speak completely uh, Italian. Um, I got an interesting job there, but uh, yeah, I felt like I wanted to have my own business. And here as well, I could get coaching and stuff. I thought it would be easier. And uh, in the end, in Milan, it's very nice, but the, the salary are very low.
0: So how did you get started in Brussels?
1: So basically, when I was in Paris, I did the first wedding dress for a friend of a friend, because at the beginning I knew I wanted to do haute couture fashion, but I didn't know I wanted to do wedding dress. So in Paris, when I did the dress for that friend, I really liked the process. And then I had other friends asking me, can you do my wedding dress? And I did a few. And so the idea started to grow that maybe I should do wedding dress, especially that it's close to haute couture. You uh, do personalized dress for each client. So it was really, the, for me, was like an evidence that it was something that I should do. And also it doesn't, uh, you don't need to have a lot of money when you start because you do dress for each client. You don't need to produce a collection of 20 pieces and then do uh, five size for each piece and find boutiques to buy it. So I decided to develop a few dresses when I was in Milan. And then when we moved back to uh, Brussels, I added some new pieces and I create like a full collection. And this collection was for year 2015. And then uh, I sent a press release. I contacted the magazine. I, I had a website and people started to learn my name. And I started to have a few clients. And so I started little by little like that. But at the same time, I was as well working for another designer that was doing ready to wear, Marc-Philippe Coudert. So I was doing pattern making for him, for his collection, and I worked as well as, um, I don't know the term in English, is retoucheuse in French. Oh, um, alterations and tailoring. So I did that for two boutiques, and so that taught me a lot because obviously when you have the opportunity to open dresses from other designers, you can learn a lot uh, in uh, terms of construction, fabric, and things like that. So at the same time that I was doing that, I was slowly like developing my business in my head and as well in reality by having more clients. And what kind of coaching did you receive in Brussels? I was coached by the MAD, like La Chambre Syndicale de la Mode in France is uh, the organization that helps designers. And then as well with uh, a few different structure, but always supporting and helping designers to grow their business, to either do their business plan or think about their strategy. Was it helpful? Yeah, yeah, it's helpful because you meet different um, different experts in different fields, and they always help you to clarify your vision. It's not they will not give you like all the answers. You need obviously to have some kind of idea, strategy, and then you see them maybe monthly or every three weeks, or so it depends, and you just discuss with them. Uh, what are you you doing, uh, how do you feel, what are your next uh, steps, and then you discuss uh, if it's possible, if it's a good idea. Maybe they give you names of people to contact and this kind of thing, so it's useful. Did you have to get a loan from a bank at the beginning? Everything was uh, self-financed, so basically you make a dress and then uh, you get paid. And then with the money you can invest in other things. For my first collection I saved money. As I was working as well, I used that money to buy the fabrics. Then for when I took my atelier, at the same time, I just gave birth. So I had a little help from my dad for the rent at the beginning. But other than that, yeah, everything is uh, self-funded.
0: Wow, that must have been crazy to become a mom at the
1: same time as you're launching your business. It was uh, quite uh, hardcore, as they say. It was a nice experience, but it was very difficult. My, when my daughter was born, she, she was premature, so she had to stay one month in the hospital. And, uh, and then after a bit, she got sick as well. And I remember that there was some times where I was staying with her, she was sleeping. And then me, I was sewing some stuff for a bride because obviously even if you have like personal problem or health problem, the brides are not gonna change the date of their wedding. So you still need to get the things done so um, yeah i remember as well when she was little i didn't have a a crash at the beginning so she was coming with me here and i I have pictures of me sewing with her in the back with the port baby i don't know how you say in english so at the same time it was nice because i could continue to work and have my baby baby with me and arrange my hours according to her sleeping schedule but obviously it was exhausting i didn't really spend uh, the three months at home that uh, a lot of person can have when they do the maternity uh, uh, leave i guess it's good as an independent you can make your own schedule kind of it's not really the truth but (laughs) what you can do is maybe say okay uh wednesday i don't work but i work saturday sunday but it's not really that you can decide your schedule because the work has to be done and so you have to work and as we have a kid, you definitely have to make the most of the time when she's at school. When I didn't have a, a child, maybe you can work all night and then maybe not work for two days and then work fully for th- two weeks. I mean, you, you could arrange like that, but I work much more now than all the job employed that I did in my life. Oh, are you ever worried about burnout? Uh, yes and no. I think that the body can tell you when you're tired and having a kid makes you as well forced to stop. I don't think I will reach the, the level to be completely burnout because I tr- I uh, still have moments in the weekend when I enjoy, because I don't work every single weekend, but obviously I will work some weekends, but I find time to spend very nice moments with my daughter. These are moments where you complete disconnect from your work. I don't really look at my phone uh, when I'm not working or when I'm with her. So I don't really answer emails when I'm with her. I can really do a separation between the two. Because otherwise I think if you work as well when, you, when you're when with your kids and every weekend at all the moment, non-stop there, you can go crazy. Is it ever hard to have to be creative for work? Um. Yeah. I think you cannot be creative all the time. First of all, yeah, you have to accept that you cannot create all the time or have idea all the time. But I think that the creativity is like a muscle, something that you have to exercise. You cannot just say, okay, I don't have any idea today, so I don't do anything. Maybe you don't have idea, then you start to touch fabric, you start to do things and then you will have idea or you look at pictures, you have idea. I think you can have idea all the time, but you don't have the good idea all the time. Do you ever look back and dislike some of your earlier work? No, I'm proud of, I'm proud of every dresses because um, first of all is a step. I mean, I think every designer, if you look at their work, if you look at their first stuff and uh, the stuff they're doing now is very different, it's like a, um, an evolution. But if I look at all the things I've done, even technically from the beginning, there was a certain level and I'm happy because I developed my skills. So I think that the stuff I do now are much more, um, I mean, more precise, more refined. But I'm very happy when I look at the things I've done at the beginning. I would not put them in the atelier, some of them, because they don't correspond anymore to my aesthetic. But at that time, it was right for, for that time. All right. How
0: did you manage during the COVID crisis? Uh,
1: With the COVID, it was quite difficult because uh, at the beginning, we didn't know what was going on. And then uh, we had to wait and see the business was in standby. All the brides were uh, rescheduling their wedding. And then luckily in Belgium, we had some help, financial help from the government. And then I found ways, I mean, to keep working, but it it was not an easy year. But at least it was, uh, I mean, I didn't have to close my business. Some people did. It's very hard to know how the year 2020 would have been, but it was starting for me as a really good year. And then the, the COVID started and then it was not that such a good year.
0: Did COVID kind of stop you right as business was booming?
1: Yeah, I, I kind of was on the, the way up and then uh, bam. But still, I don't feel like I'm uh, I'm in a hole right now because I'm still okay. Uh, but let's just see how things goes. But I'm confident because I have still uh, new clients even if a lot of people are not getting married anymore and I have a lot of uh, different projects and opportunities. And then during the 2020, I got a lot of international press, which was really a a good push to have my brand recognized worldwide. Right. How did that happen? It happens, sadly and luckily, because of the the death of George Floyd, a lot of magazines started to talk about uh, black owned businesses. And then my name came up in one or two articles for like black bridal designers, and from there, a lot of other magazines start to see my work and talk about me. And it really went like a spiral. I mean, all the year, all last year, I had press from like magazine I would not have dreamed of, like Vogue, UK, Bride magazine, The New York Times, Harper's Bazaar, and some other publication like The Coverter, and yeah, all international, which was very nice to have like more praise from uh, abroad than your own country. So it was really nice.
0: And how did all of that make you feel?
1: Very happy. And uh, and you know, all the hard work that you do years after years, is very nice to see that it's uh, been recognized. Because maybe one magazine could have talked about me, but it doesn't mean that they, that all the magazine retake always the same name. But the fact that my name was always mentioned when they were talking about bridal designer was making me feel very happy because it's just... A confirmation of your work and the fact that what you do is a bit special.
0: And what about in relation to the Black Lives Matter movement?
1: It was a moment that was a bit hard because it makes you refeel really feel everything that you feel as a black person in Belgium or other places that I lived. There is discrimination. It's harder sometimes for jobs or for a lot of things. So I think it was important that this movement arise to put an emphasis on this problem. I hope that it will be something that will stay. I'm not an activist, so even though all the discrimination and the things, I I try to do my own thing and to go ahead. But I think it's important to have this kind of movement to, to show as well to the people, because a lot of people around me when I post a few things that happened to me in relation to the movement, they say, Oh, I had no idea that this happened to you. I had no idea that even you had discrimination. And in the end of the day, it was nice to show that everybody has discrimination uh, when you are black or when you're from another color. And it's not just people that look a certain way. So yeah, it was important.
0: And do you find black entrepreneurs to be well
1: represented in Belgium? I don't know, because I work in fashion, and in fashion people are a bit more tolerant than if I was maybe working in banking. So, uh, I mean, when people talk about bridal design in Brussels, I'm always in the listing. But what I appreciate in Belgium is that they put me in this category with everybody else. I think the movement Black Lives Matter was very good to highlight all those people that are in the shadow but i appreciate more to be in a listing of the best bridal designer in the world than the best black bridal designer because then you are put on the same level of other brands whereas in the one of the black designer you're in a category but at the same time i understand that uh if maybe i'm a black client and i would like to go for a black designer uh, i click black designer uh, wedding dress online and then i find the listing that i want so I'm not against it, but I think it's good if we, it's a good step to go to a step where everybody is included at the same level. Because I, I hope that this movement will not re-segregate people and then have, again, like separation between black, white, and stuff. So in Belgium, the, the, I, of course, I had racist experience and discrimination, but at least I feel like I'm part of the scenery uh, not for my color, but for, tw- for what I do. And so uh, I'm happy if people like my work for my work, if they want to put me in the list because I'm black, it's okay. But I don't, I'm, I just want my work to be seen at the end of the day.
0: Well, your talent definitely speaks for itself. Do you have a bit of
1: advice for any future entrepreneurs listening? Don't look too much at what other people do because you don't know how long they took to arrive there, you don't know uh, everything that's going on in the background, and so it's not good to compare yourself to other people all the the time, because maybe you will feel like you don't want to do it because uh, they are already at this or that level. Do you feel like you started later than you would have liked? I think I started at the right time, because at the end of the day, There was a moment, a very brief moment when I thought "Ah, maybe I should have started sooner. But at the same time, all the experience that I had made me into the person I am today and as well gave me the aesthetic that I have today. So I would not have uh, done all all those things. I would not have lived in all those countries. I would not have the same uh, aesthetic, the same experience. And uh, yeah, so I think that when I see my last uh, photo shoot, It really represents everything that I wanted to create and I can see my influence in the fact that I love photography, maybe that I worked as well a bit in fashion, that I lived in Milan, uh, some stuff of London, I mean I can see everything in my work so I think that all the steps that we do are necessary. And do you have any hopes for the future of bridal dresses? I like to see feminine dresses and I like to see when women are confident in their own body to wear a different type of design. A lot of women when they come sometimes they want to hide the things that they don't like and most of the time what they don't like is something that only they see, that is not nice. Uh, but it's not not nice, it's what they think. Yeah, I hope that uh, women will be more confident with themselves.
0: Do your dresses help with that?
1: Definitely. Yeah, because sometimes they they try something and they will say, Oh, I would never imagine that uh, this shape would fit me uh, with my hips or with my arms. And then they realize it does and they find themselves beautiful. So it means that it helps.
0: From formal petticoats to strapless princess dresses, bridal wear has come a long way over the centuries. And though it may seem as if brides have been getting married in white forever, The Western tradition of a white wedding dress has a relatively short history. Well, now the time has come to lead more colorful lives and keep an
1: open mind and heart. Um, My atelier is on 22 rue de Pervise in Brussels, but it's by appointment only. And to have an appointment or to see my work, you go to valentineaveau.com and on Instagram it's valentineaveau. Be
0: sure to follow Sparkplug Brussels on Facebook and Instagram. You can find other episodes, both in French and in English, on sparkplugbrussels.com. And you can also reach out to me by emailing hello at sparkplugbrussels.com. Leaving you with a full heart and a heart full of Brussels. Thanks for listening.